1: I am a free man! Wiggins, America. The only thing I'm gonna need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee.
0: Wiggins. Today's
2: global economy
1: waits for no man.
0: America.
1: Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we wanna play.
4: There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this
0: goes. Welcome to Wiggins, America. We set foot in America, won't find it all day, sailing into Baltimore, well everything's okay, new buttons on the jacket, shining like the brand new dance, listening in the sunlight, blistering my eyes, when you said that you loved me, I knew it wasn't true, Well, there
4: was a debate this week, and there were about three town halls. Were you paying attention to any of it? You know, if you tune into these things, if you just kind of, like, watch Fox News and CNN and pay attention to the news at all, you probably paid attention to this a little bit. It's my job to pay attention, and I still didn't even really care. I know that I'm not supposed to say that. I'm supposed to tell you that I'm tuned in all the time to everything, but I just don't think people are really caring about these things anymore, especially the debate. I mean, we're down to Haley DeSantis, which is what people were saying. It should have been pretty much the whole time, maybe Ramaswamy. And now that we're here, nobody cares. Nobody's tuning in to CNN. So Trump uh, did a town hall that same night on Fox News to kind of counter the publicity that they would have gotten. I think that was a very, very shrewd move. I got a whole bunch of clips here. I can play some of them. You know, I think there was some interesting stuff that came out of them. I think they're just not, there's not enough substance to really move anything. Everything seems like it's going to stay where it's at. Uh,
1: DeSantis and Haley went back and forth. Here's a little bit of that. I, I think she's been confused on the issue. I think she's trying to speak to different groups with different things. But when she says things like pro lifers need to stop talking about. Uh, throwing women in jail. That's a trope. No one I've ever met thinks that that's something that's appropriate. Uh, these women are in vulnerable situations. They don't get any help a lot of times from, from these fathers who you know, don't want to be their supportive. A lot of times they don't have resources themselves. So it's a very difficult situation. Uh, and we've got to have compassion for those situations. But I think when she starts bringing that in, that's using the language of the left uh, to try to attack pro-lifers.
4: And then Haley goes after DeSantis because that's what you do at a debate.
3: There are at least a couple of dozen so far that he's done. So what we're going to do is rather than have him go and tell you all these lies, you can go to DeSantisLies.com and look at all of those. There's at least two dozen lies that he's told about me, and you can see where fact checkers say exactly what's going to happen. And exactly why it's wrong. So it will cover the fact that he's only mad about the donors because the donors used to be with him, but they're no longer with him now. And that's because he's upset about the fact that his his campaign is exploding. You're going to see the fact that he has switched his um policies multiple times, and we'll call that out tonight. But every time he lies, Drake University, don't turn this into a drinking game because you will be overserved by the end of the night.
4: So they go after each other. Uh, but their eye isn't really on the prize. You could say that the prize was going after Donald Trump, who is leading all the polls. But I would even say that that's not true.
1: Donald Trump should be on this stage. He owes it to you here in Iowa. Uh, to explain this change he's had in his positioning, to explain why he has a tough time saying whether a man can become a woman or not, uh, to explain why he wants to build a bi- billion-dollar-plus big, beautiful new FBI building right in the heart of the swamp in Washington, D.C., uh, he needs to explain why he didn't build the wall uh, and why he added $7.8 trillion to the debt.
4: So they're going after each other and they're going after Trump. Meanwhile, literally at the same exact time as that's happening on Wednesday night. Sorry. Yeah, Wednesday night. uh, Trump is doing his town hall and he sounds like a presidential candidate. He is actually doing something that he normally doesn't do, which is talk about what it takes to manage America. That's actually one of the reasons why I don't think that the attacks on Trump not being there at the stage Really matter much. He's so far ahead. If he wasn't, maybe he would need to be at those polls or at those debates, but he is ahead. And so he doesn't need to be there. If he loses Iowa, that will change things. But there are no more debates. So I guess it doesn't really matter. But he sounded on Wednesday night with Fox News like he was a presidential candidate. Well, he is he is talking about the differences between he and joe biden or he and democrats whereas these also rans right now are talking about the difference between themselves it's a good move he's usually not that disciplined but here's one of the answers that he gave when he was addressing one of the answers he gave to hannity about being a dictator
2: this is just a political ploy trump is a dictator he wants to be a dictator You know, it's interesting. I did a show, Sean Hannity. Did you ever hear of him? He's a very nice man. And he said, essentially, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? Tell me. I think he was trying to give me a nicer question than maybe you guys would. He meant it very well. I said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. We're going to do two things. The border, we're going to make it so tight you can't get in unless you come in legally. And the other is energy. We're going to drill, baby, drill. After that, I'm not going to be a dictator. After that, I'm not going to be a dictator. So, so you and weren't the press saying no, that. No. The and courts... the press picks it up. So I said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. They cut it. They go, I'm going to be a dictator. But they cut the rest of the sentence. No, no. I am not going to be a dictator.
4: He always addresses the media, which I think is good. That's something you almost have to do as a Republican now. But he was talking about policy there. And I like that. Uh, he's being disciplined, and he is the leading candidate. He is probably going to be the candidate. And so he doesn't really need to mess around with calling Nikki Haley bird brain and the sanctimonious and all that stuff. I mean, I guess you could say it worked. He stayed at the top, and that's maybe what it took. I don't know. I guess you can't you can't really fault him for winning if he's winning. And right now, he's winning. Will he win the general? Well, it looks like he's starting to pivot and make and set his sights on the general election. And look, if it was anybody, anybody else, I wouldn't say, ah, oh, just skip the debates. I like seeing people in debates. That's where you really see them hash it out. It's become kind of a show, but at least you see them all together answering the same questions. With Trump, though, I don't think that he has needed to debate because he is the rare candidate who is running for president who's not currently president but has been president. How many times you could say that has ever happened? Not in my lifetime, not in your lifetime. Grover Cleveland? If you're alive for Grover Cleveland, I would love for you to call into the show right now and just explain what that was like, and, and maybe we can do some comparisons. But right now, he's running on his record as President of the United States, and he's addressing issues. Here's one of them that I think that he did a good job in addressing. Obviously, he knows more about all of these cases and his own private business dealings and everything than anybody else does, but these are points that we've made that I think he did a good job of making.
2: I put everything in trust. And if I have a hotel and somebody comes in from China, that's a small amount of money. And it sounds like a lot of money. That's a small. But I was doing services for that. People were staying in these massive hotels, these beautiful hotels, because I have the best hotels. I have the best clubs. I have the best clubs. I have have great stuff. And they stay there and they pay. I don't get eight million dollars for doing nothing like Hunter. I don't get I don't get five hundred thousand dollars. I don't get $500,000 for doing a painting. It's not a bad idea, I guess, if you can get away with it. When I heard that, one, I said there's no way they get away with that, but they got away with that, I guess. They got away with it. Now, uh, we have, you know, there was an Amalia Minch lawsuit against me where the radical left sued me for that, and I won the suit. And the judge said, they go to his hotels. What's he going to do?
4: These are good points to make. I mean, he's talking about the very, very big difference Between having real companies and real estate, for that matter, and having other people use those companies, which he was doing before president, and then having fake companies, which the Bidens have set up 20 or more fake companies to funnel money through. So it's real hard to trace. That's why one of the reasons that it's taken so long for Republicans to find this stuff in the House, even all the committees that are looking into these things. It's because they made it hard to find, and yet they're still finding it. They're finding that they have to find a bunch. They have to go through a bunch of pseudonyms because Joe Biden made up a bunch of fake na- fake names, and then they didn't pay any taxes on it. Hunter Biden has been brought in on tax fraud. So all of this stuff, look, you can just say at the thirty thousand foot level, this guy made fo- money from foreign uh, business partners, and this guy did too, and it kind of makes you roll your eyes and go, oh well, they're all corrupt. But if you dig into it at all, you'll see there are big differences here. That doesn't mean that some of this isn't questionable. But, good Lord, they've questioned this man to death. They're going to investigate every possible angle that this guy has ever had. And if they can find anything, then so be it. Investigate everybody that way, though, if you're going to do it. Investigate Joe Biden. His own Justice Department won't enforce anything on his son. That's not equal justice. It's just not. Nancy Mace said this week when Hunter Biden did his stunt, this is the epitome of white privilege. I think we talked about in the last segment with Trisha that it's actually not white privilege, it's the epitome of privilege. These people will tell you all kinds of things like you need to pay more taxes, which Joe Biden has been doing, and then not pay taxes. It's really amazing. Trump is sticking to the issues. now last one here I want to play, that he is talking about issues, and I'm glad to see him doing it. Hopefully this is what starts to get across.
5: How will you gather the several millions that have already entered our country illegally and return them to their country of origin?
2: Great question. It's not sustainable for our country. We have millions and millions of people here. It is not sustainable. Did you see in New York City with it getting the regular students out and they're putting migrants in their place. We are going to have the largest deportation effort in the history of our country. We're bringing everybody back to where they came from. We have no choice. We have no choice.
4: Unfortunately, that is what you have to do. We don't have a choice. If you look at this issue without your blinders on, your party blinders on, Ten million people now. Mayorkas said this to Brett Bayer this week. Brett Baier pressed him on it, and Mayorkas kind of like yeah, 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 admitted it. Ten million people are now in our country in just within the last four years. This doesn't count any illegal immigration that happened before Joe Biden, but just during Joe Biden, ten million people. Uh, I could make all kinds of comparisons to how many what the population of certain cities is. I mean, it's like three or four times the population of the st louis entire metro area Uh, for instance you know that's the the population of multiple states put together is here illegally and there it's it's everywhere you you almost can't avoid it there's no other choice as trump says than to start deportations not that that's the way we wanted to go but that's the way now you have to go he's talking about the issues. He's talking about him in ways that most politicians would say are uncomfortable and maybe aren't winning, but he's talking about him in a real way, and I like that.
1: you are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a
4: fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Short break right now. Old Roy is coming in the studio. Stick around. Old Roy's studio. We were talking about some pretty heavy stuff last week, but this week a little bit lighter. I think we're not going to do Epstein client list as much. A little bit more like what your leisure activities are.
5: Oh, okay. Well, well, it's just as exciting.
4: I mean, unless you want to talk about <laughs> Epstein client list, I, I'm I'm still fascinated by it. But um, I wanted to see if you had seen this. First of all, it's still rather cold. But you golfing much? I uh, I haven't been lately.
5: When was the last time you played? Probably. Gosh, I bet it's been two months since I played. That's actually pretty good. That yeah. means November, or. Yeah. No, it'd be longer than that. But well, I was—I was, I was probably—I probably played in November. We had some nice weather days.
4: All right. Did you know that your golf balls are not going to go as far soon?
5: Have you heard this? I just assumed that was because I'm old and weak. That's part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you are atrophying for sure. Mm-hmm. But rollback is about to
4: happen. How a potential new golf rule would affect everyone from Tiger Woods to you. Hmm. So what is rollback? Well, rollback is the act of shortening the distance a golf ball is permitted to travel. Manufacturers will achieve this by creating a new ball that requires greater club speed to travel the same distance, or put another way, you hit the new ball the same way, it's not going to go as far. Did you Hmm. know that this was happening? I had no idea. And do you know why this is happening? I don't. Well, a report by Golf Digest indicated that manufacturers would change the swing speed testing From 120 to 125 miles per hour, with the ball calibrated to travel the same distance of 317 yards. Okay, so that's what rollback is. Hmm. As players get stronger and golf equipment gets better, courses have struggled to keep up. So the equipment's getting better. Athletes are getting better. This is the age-old thing if you say, well, if you had to put together a dream team of... Take golf out of it. Yeah, If you had to put together a dream team of baseball players or football players, or whatever, whatever you choose, golfers even, <clears throat> would you choose Babe Ruth and Ty Cobb, or would you choose Albert Pujols and Barry Bonds? Well, the numbers of Babe Ruth, I mean, actually, it's tough with Albert Pujols because his numbers and, and ba- Barry Bonds actually are. But let's yeah. say you take Raphael Palmero and, <laughs> you know, another all-star from this era who's not, you know, barely Hall of Fame, maybe mm-hmm. somebody like that. And you put them against two legends, who do you think would actually be better? Well, by the numbers, Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth. Right. But according to just athleticism, you almost have to take the modern
5: guys. Yeah, I think right? that's, yeah. yeah that, because I mean, they're just
4: so much better conditioned. Right. And the pitches are faster and the pitchers are better. And everything the about the game. Yes. Yeah. And they've been trained from younger to be better. And we're talking about people in their prime, of course, mm-hmm. here. The same was, is true of golf, where it's not just that the equipment's getting better, although it is, but golfers themselves are being trained earlier. They're getting better at the, playing the game strategically and just physically. So that's meant that the courses... They've had to make the courses longer and longer and longer mm-hmm. because guys are hitting the ball farther and farther and farther. My argument is, why do we need to keep making the courses longer at all, or shorten the length of the ball at all? Do you think that we need to? <clears throat> because I got I got a strong opinion about this.
5: Well, I can I can see the argument because I I can say even playing with other amateur weekend golfers. The the whole par four is almost becoming irrelevant because most of them guys can drive the green now, and so when you're talking about the professional level, you know it's 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 less maybe less entertaining because guys it's it's so much easier for guys to reach the green in regulation or better that it that it becomes. It's not even fun to watch anymore. So you kind of agree with the argument then, in a way. I can
4: see the argument, yeah. Because I don't. I I disagree with what they're doing here. My point being that, bowling for instance, if you start to have people who bowl a 300 over and over and over, then the game does get boring because you've Mm -hmm. perfected that game. Right Now nobody's actually gotten there yet, which is why bowling still exists. But the minute you get somebody who can actually bowl a 300, Every time the game's over.
5: Yeah. There is no more.
4: There's no more game. You can't beat that guy. Right. The same is true of golf, in my opinion, that until you get somebody who can shoot 18 consistently, <laughs> that you, you you haven't beat golf. And we're not even close to that. Not if they're just trying to keep a par standard, then I guess that's the goal. Because yeah. if, if you get to a point where the pros are so good, Par isn't even par anymore, and you got to keep extending the course or shorten the ball. I kind of get that. But for the average person, too, you can right. differentiate and say, there's no way that that's going to happen. And also, the pros, is the game actually less entertaining just because they're getting better? I don't think it is. I think it's just the same as it's always been. And, in fact, I like to see them progressing and see how much better they or we as a species are getting at this game.
5: I'll, I'll be honest with you. It does annoy me. <gasps> When I see these guys get up with a a sand wedge and hit the ball farther than I can with a three wood, <laughs> well, I get know? that! Yeah, so I'm I'm probably on the fence with this one. I I, I get your point too. <clears throat> They've got to keep because there are so many of us that are never going to be that good that we need the courses the way they are. Yeah, it might just become an issue of at the at the higher level courses. You just eliminate the par threes. Just do landscaping. You get rid of that one. You make what your par 4s are now as your par 3s, and you and then you build a longer.
4: See, I'm not even advocating for that. I'm saying leave everything the way it is. Until somebody Let the technology can... get better and better and better, make the game easier and easier and easier, and so what? You haven't perfected the game. Right. The minute you've actually perfected the game, then, yeah, you got to change the game. But we're not even close to that. I mean, if a guy ever shoots in the 50s, it's a miracle. Yeah. That, that doesn't happen that much. Right. And that's amazing. So until we get to the point where guys are shooting in the 20s, <laughs> yeah. then you just go, okay, the game needs to change a bit. Guys have really mastered this game. <laughs> but they're they're asking, but there's the the argument too that you could separate the pros from the average guys and say that, well, why don't just pros play with balls that are limited a little bit more mm-hmm. well that's fine too that, that to me is a valid argument let amateurs do it um they asked some of the some of the main people like Roy, Rory McIlroy uh, Ricky Fowler says I don't see how the rollback helps when we're at the best place the game's ever been um oh you love the game yeah hey thanks for joining us over COVID now we're gonna make you hit the hit hit the ball 20 yards shorter <laughs> have fun <laughs> uh Rory Rory McIlroy on the other hand doesn't think the potential changes will affect everyday players and puts the blame on pros and manufacturers who didn't want bifurcation, which is the fancy term for different balls for pros versus amateurs in the first place. Hmm. He says, I don't understand the, understand the anger about the golf ball roll back. It will make no difference whatsoever to the average golfer and puts golf back on a path of sustainability. It will also help bring back certain skills in the pro game that have been eradicated over the last two decades, which Maybe there's something to be said there. There's a little bit more like grace and finesse mm-hmm. to the game when you're not hitting it as far, right? You know, playing out of sand traps instead of hitting it on the green. You know, right. things like that probably are happening less. So I get that, but I would also think that maybe the guys who hit the ball real far are the ones that are going to be complaining about it the most. Right. <laughs> and the guys who are f- finesse guys are going to go, yeah, let's do that. Why does right. USG get <laughs> get involved? I don't know. I I just don't love the idea of tampering with the game, I get steroid rules. I get that you have to kind of level a playing field at some point, but mm-hmm. this to me is not leveling it. It's actually taking it backwards. If you if you keep it right here, if you yeah. said, well, this is as good as the golf balls can get from now on, then you'd almost have a little more respect for that. But why reduce it?
5: That, yeah, you, you've won me over to a certain extent. I'm going to stay on the fence with this one, but, but I, you make a good point. I mean, it'd be similar to, well, let's raise the the, the baskets in, in basketball. Yeah. From 10 feet, we'll go up to 11 feet just because everybody can jump higher now. Yeah. I I, I see your point, So, but I'm going to stay on the fence because I'm wishy-washy. No, I
4: don't think so. I think you were firmly on my side of the fence, and I think I've won. And I think that's where the segment ends right there. Look
3: We interrupt.
4: this conversation with Old Roy, which will continue shortly, with an announcement from Rand Paul.
3: I've had a long relationship with Donald Trump and there's a lot to like there. I'm also a big fan of a lot of the fiscal conservatism of Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek Ramaswamy's been an important voice. Also have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision, but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm Never Nikki. And if you go to NeverNikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our invent our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military-industrial complex, eight million dollars being paid to become part of the team. But I've also seen her indicate That she thinks you should be registered to use the internet that people posting ideas anonymously i think she fails to understand that our republic was founded upon people like ben franklin sam adams madison john jay and others who posted routinely for fear of the government they posted routinely anonymously and I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the Internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian-leaning libertarian conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm Never Nikki. You can go to NeverNikki.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki also.
4: Yes, indeed. Rand Paul is not endorsing anybody, but he's definitely not endorsing Nikki Haley. He set up a website detailing why Nikki Haley would be awful. This is the stuff primaries are made of. Because, as we've said before, when you get to a general election, you have a very, very strict choice, usually a binary choice. This year might be a little bit different with somebody like an RFK or a Joe Manchin in there. I don't think, I think it's actually getting too late for Joe Manchin at this point, but we'll see. We'll see. But right now, we're still going to say we got a binary choice. It's either going to be Joe Biden or Donald Trump, probably. We know for sure we're going to have a Democrat and a Republican and probably a independent in RFK. Do you respect Rand Paul's decision here? I do. I like when people get involved in these things and when they are people that I also respect, like Rand Paul. uh, I like listening to what they have to say even more. Rand Paul, some people don't love Rand Paul because he is a little bit of a showman, but he is very, very consistent. Every politician who's good at it is a little bit of a showman. Let's just get over that. But he is very, very consistent and you got to give him credit for that. I would have even given credit to somebody like Bernie Sanders in the past for being consistent, but he has very much sold out for money, for houses, for book deals and stuff. He, He used to be somebody who had walked the walk, but after 2016, when he basically bowed out without fighting too hard, I kind of lost respect for him, too. Still respect Rand Paul, though. The dude is a hardcore libertarian. He's not against. He's not afraid to go against the grain. He's not afraid to call out other Republicans. I like that. Rand Paul. Hey, Rand Paul for president. How about that? We'll be right back with old Roy in this here studio. Roy, I saved the best for last. My son is nine years old. My other son's six, and my daughter is also nine. I am not planning on having the talk with my daughter. I'm no. going to let my wife do that. Excellent decision. Is, now, you have a, a boy and a girl. Yeah. Did you guys delineate that way? Pretty much, yeah. You had, did you ever have the
5: talk with your son? We had a talk, but <laughs> probably not, not, I don't know. It's it's awkward for everybody, for every dad to have to go through this, but it it's one of those things that you do and but we did the same thing we did yeah she had to talk she, with the girl she handled
2: the yeah. daughter
4: i handled the son so did you make an appointment like i need to talk with him so i'm going to sit him down or did you just wait for a moment where i oh, kind of naturally i'm going to do it here
5: oh i no i waited it was it was extremely awkward and <laughs>
4: did he know it was coming no so you just kind of said hey let's talk for a second yeah and sprung it on him right how, how old do you think he was you remember
5: uh probably middle school i think okay
4: so this would have been let's see he would have been 11 or 12 maybe yeah something like that okay or a little maybe a little older uh what spurned it for you i'm, I'm genuinely
5: asking your advice here because you've gone through this <clears throat> um it it i can't remember exactly but typically these things I know when I was a kid and when my dad had to talk with me, it was... you beat. remember it? Yeah. It was, it was because something was said or some, something happened that was like, I don't know what that this means, but I'm going to say it because I heard it at school. And then it's like everybody gets this weird look on their face like, oh, what did you just say? And then dad ushers you out into the car. We go for a drive and we have a talk. <laughs> Do you know how old you were? Uh, I was in grade school. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember exactly how old. but I don't remember exactly
4: how old I was. I would have guessed maybe third grade. But I remember my dad sitting me down. It was in the back of our station wagon. Mm. And, I again, I don't remember exactly how old we were. But I remember the talk just because if my dad had sat me down and told me some new information that I wasn't aware of, I would have been like, oh, okay. That's cool. I don't know if I would have remembered it, but he was so uncomfortable and it was such a weird thing for him to take me aside Yeah, and then to be sitting in the back of our car. I don't even remember why we were. I really don't. But our station wagon had one of those like hatchback that opens up, Yeah. but then it had a seat that faced the back. Yeah. So we were sitting in there. And I remember it was like he had to get me sitting somewhere where I was a captive audience. Mm-hmm. And then he had to like explain some things. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not really sure why we're having this discussion uh-huh. or why this is so important, but you clearly think it is. <laughs> so that's, and that's what I remember. I remember a couple lines from it that I won't share yeah. on the air because, you know, but I, so I just had the talk with my son. My, my nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. And here's, here's the deal. The way this has played out. Last year, actually, I guess two years ago now. So 2022, we went down to Florida for a soccer tournament. Just me mm-hmm. and him. And I thought, we're going to be in the car for two hours driving to this thing. I'm just going to bust it out in the middle of that thing and just see what he thinks. Because he's captive audience again. Great idea.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: So <clears throat> I did. And here's exactly how this conversation plays out. We stopped at a gas station because I wanted to get him like a, a treat or something to have that he could kind of turn to if he was feeling weird. Mm-hmm. So I got him a, a, a king-size s- smoothie Skittles, smoothie flavor. I, I was also kind of interested in these. Yeah, naturally. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. uh, I had never tried them. So we're driving, and he I don't get him a lot of candy, especially a king-size candy like that. So this was a pretty big deal. He's like, mm. "Oh man, this is great." Two hours, and I got a big old thing of candy, <laughs> and I think maybe a slush too. I'm not sure. Um, and so I said, "Hey, do you, do you know what <clears throat> what sex is?" And warning, parent warning, you know, if if you got your kids in the car, obviously <laughs> you know where we're headed. We've been talking about it for four <laughs> minutes now. Um, but I I said, "You know what this is?" And he said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I do." And I was like, "Oh," because he was only eight at the time. And I said. Well, what is it? And He said, "Well, it's uh, when the uh, gamete's meet and they form a zygote, and uh, one <laughs> comes from the father and the other comes from uh, the mother, and one is one gets an X uh, chromosome, a Y chromosome would form a boy, two X's would form a girl." I mean, it was just full like this is exactly what this is, and it uh-huh. forms a new child in, in the mother's womb. And the mother carries it to gestation. <laughs> I was like, I was "Like, Duck. dang, man!" And he reads a lot, yeah, and so he's read this in probably kids' anatomy books that explain it scientifically, which is what they're doing. I'm glad they're doing that and not explaining other things. Mm -hmm. And we're very careful about what we give them and let them watch and stuff. So I'm pretty sure I knew which book this had come from, but I didn't realize that it was like, oh, he's got it. yeah. And I said, well, do you know how that happens? And he's like, well, yeah, I think I just told you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, there's a little more to it than that. You know, it involves a, a husband and a wife and And so on, and and so I explained, you know, the action to him, and he was like, "Huh, okay." I said, "Do you have any questions or anything?" (laughs) He's he's just scientifically factually interested in this, and that's it on that level alone. Yeah. So clearly, I've gotten to him before he's starting to hit puberty. Uh So he goes, "Okay," I said, "You got any questions?" He goes what do you think is your favorite flavor of the smoothie Skittles?
5: <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect.
4: And I'm like, I think it's strawberry, man.
5: <laughs> and that was
4: it. That was the conversation. So I'm like, well, I did my fatherly duty, but then we just had again in November, we had another one of those trips where I knew I was going to be in the car with him, same deal. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought I'm going to follow up because if anything's changed in a year and at this time it could Maybe I could bring it back up, and he had more questions. Well, I did, and he just kind of didn't. And and in fact, he's at that age now where he's like, "Girls, you know, right." So I'm asking you, as uh, an older and wiser person in the faith, Uh do I just keep going back to him? Do I do I make this an endless dialogue now, or do I sit down with him again at some point and have the talk?
5: It's tough because all kids have so much access, no matter how careful we are with. And we are very careful. Right. Yeah. They're going to get exposed. So my, and I'm certainly not an expert, um, but my recommendation would be that you, you just watch and observe and you'll be able to tell when he's starting to get interested in when the hormones start going yeah and things are changing a little bit and then pick your time i wouldn't just keep drilling it well, until I, yeah. until you until you sense or you could wait like me till i say something stupid in front of a big room full of people <laughs> and then uh let's get, go sit in the back of the station <laughs> wagon son <clears throat> but you know you're a good parent and you, you got great kids and i think um that you'll be able to sense when the time's right, it, it kind of yeah. happens. So my daughter is already getting to that point, and mm-hmm. I'm
4: fully allowing my wife to have yeah. those conversations. I am not doing it because I don't know what to say. My wife is an enigma to me, and so is my daughter. <laughs> yeah, I do, I don't get them, <clears throat> and that is okay. I'm I'm okay with having that. Like I actually enjoy the fact that I still think my wife is a bit of a mystery Mm -hmm. because it's it's like every day i wake up and there's just something else to be solved yeah and sometimes it's annoying but overall it's why i love her yeah and my my daughter is the same way my boys are very huggy my daughter when i hug her she chickens me she goes bark bark and then she just like noses me in the in the chest and i'm like (laughs) this isn't really normal but you're weird (laughs) (laughs) um But I th- I think I'm leaning toward doing exactly what you're saying, especially now having heard it, not pushing it, <clears throat> but just keeping that line of dialogue open. Yeah. Because I think he feels comfortable enough to just ask me questions. And that's what I want, is for him when he gets there to be like, what the heck is that? Yeah. And then to be like, oh, I know who... I, I can answer that is dad. Cause I remember that he kind of right. had these conversations with me. He'll tell me and he'll tell me privately. And that's the, that's the other neat th- thing that I try to cultivate is like, Hey, this is between you and me. Right. You know, not everybody knows about this, <laughs> <clears throat> but between you and me, here's what's really going on. And that makes him feel like, Oh, we
5: got this special little thing then. Yeah. So I can bring it to you. That's well, kind of what so, I'm trying he, to create. He, he's so analytical. And like you said, just focused on, facts. Yes. That I think you lucked out with him. The younger one might be I know, an interesting... <laughs> I know. Uh, hey, he's six. Yeah. I don't have to cross that
4: bridge yet. But at some point, yeah, the the interesting conversation is going to happen with the younger one because I think I kind of let things slide a little bit more with that. that that's got to be the third child thing. Uh-huh. That the first two were like, you cannot experience this until you. we say you're ready. The third <laughs> right. one, we're like, yeah, just stay up till midnight. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Roy, thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for your advice. Always appreciate your, your sage wisdom and your friendship. Nothing to add. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Again, there's that sage wisdom. Yeah. Great communicator. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening to Wicked's
1: America.
2: We will see you. Next. Get more at 971Talk.com.